Wayla Shambo for WHRO-FM. The world premiere recording of the last major work by British composer Dame Ethel Smythe has just been released on the Chandos label. The Prison is described as a symphony for soprano, bass baritone, chorus, and orchestra. It might also be considered similar to an oratorio or a cantata. The text is drawn from a philosophical work by Henry Bennett Brewster and it describes the experience of a man in a solitary cell as he reflects on his past life and prepares for death. The poetic nature of the text also invites us to consider multiple layers of meaning and metaphor. The prison was composed in 1930, when Smythe was 72 years old and struggling with her advancing deafness, and it's been performed only a handful of times since its premiere. In this new recording, James Blatchley conducts the experiential orchestra and chorus with bass baritone Deshaun Burton as the prisoner and soprano Sarah Braley as the soul. The complete recording will be featured this Saturday evening at 8 on This Just In. And to give us a preview of what's in store, I spoke with conductor James Blatchley about his journey with this work, why he believes it's a neglected masterpiece, and what meaning it might hold for us today. As we get to know Smythe, you get to know one of the most fascinating figures in history. She lived the most remarkable life, uh, and there are stories about her that fill volumes. Literally, she, she wrote 11 volumes of memoirs um, towards the end of her life. She knew all of the famous composers of the day that we can you know, list on our right hand. She knew Brahms personally. She has a, a letter of recommendation from Tchaikovsky, Grieg, Dvorak. Uh, she knew quite well. But for some reason, we don't know her music. She doesn't get listed in uh, with those other composers. And with this recording, we're really hoping that that changes, that we start to understand Smythe as one of the most important composers of her day. Not just one of the most important women composers, but one of the most important composers, period, full stop. That said, my first encounter with her really was uh, with her music. Uh, I was programming a concert in 2016 uh, with two colleagues, Eun Lee and John McLaughlin Williams. We were looking at Smythe's, you know, remarkable compositions, uh, looking through all of them to see what would be appropriate, and we have stumbled on The Prison, which is her last large-scale composition. And to make a long story short, we, we created new parts. Uh, instead of the handwritten parts that we had available, we made computer parts, and we performed 15 minutes of excerpts from this more than uh, hour-long piece. I always make it a policy to love the music I'm conducting. Whatever I'm conducting, I give it all of my full commitment but internally my expectations were not that high because i didn't know her music very well uh, and she's not taught in the same category as uh, the composers i mentioned earlier and so i thought you know this might be interesting but i'm going to move on to other things in my life as soon as the performance is done 
Well, uh, that all changed. The first sonority that I heard in the rehearsal room uh, when it came to life. And it was clear that I wasn't just in the hands of a, you know, a decent second-rate composer. Uh, we were experiencing, for the first time in the United States, uh, this sonority of the prison for orchestra, uh, and that we were in the hands of a masterful composer. Could you describe a little more about the sound world of the piece for listeners who might not be familiar with Smythe's music? And are there any kind of favorite moments or sections that you'd advise people to listen out for when we hear the complete piece? Yeah, it's, it's an amazing piece because it's so broad in its musical languages. It really does live in several different sound worlds. There are some very Straussian moments. There's an opening that I would say is, is truly a kind of Wagnerian color. There is a unison passage of an ancient Greek melody. There's a, a rather wonderful, complex, fugal passage uh, in the middle of the piece. There's a chorale prelude that she composed early in her career and then brings back, uh, transposes it and brings it back in a beautiful orchestration. It's originally for organ. And she brings this back in her last large-scale composition, and that opens the second half. And I would encourage people, if you, if you only have four minutes, turn to track nine and listen to that, to that opening. And that's actually, um, I'm calling it our hit single uh, for the recording because it's, uh, it stands alone. She intended for it to be performed on its own. And I actually brought it to your area recently when I uh, was conducting the Williamsburg Symphony Orchestra earlier this year uh, in January. Right. I was going to ask you about that. You were here pretty recently. How was that experience? Oh, it was wonderful. Uh, we had such an amazing time together. And uh, bringing this piece to Williamsburg was a great, great pleasure. Um, when we spoke about it with the players, only one uh, of the players knew about her music. But everybody on stage fell in love with her, her music by the, uh, by the performance. And it really is a sense of responsibility we feel uh, when we present her music for the first time uh, because history has not been kind, has not done her justice in any way. And so as we're performing her, every time I bring this piece to an orchestra, and it was especially true with, with Williamsburg, it felt like we have a deeper purpose here. We want to advocate for someone and in some ways right a wrong of history, which is that she's been overlooked and her music has not been understood for its great mastery. You know, you recorded this piece last year. A lot has obviously changed over the past year and even over the past few months in our world as people and as musicians. And do you feel this piece has any different or particular resonance for us right now here in 2020? I do. I, I think that it's an eternal piece. It's a piece that, that will always have resonance and meaning. But right now, uh, it speaks to loneliness. It speaks to overcoming 
internal doubt and to kind of wondering what is this all for? Um, have I done enough with my life? These kinds of questions. And, and then going back to loneliness, I mean, it's about a prisoner in a, in solitary confinement, um, and addressing his own mortality. Um, and I know that so many people have been facing, you know, real loneliness or just longing for what we, what we need as humans is, is human contact and, and, uh, human beings rely on the love and support of our friends and family. So it's been a hard time for people. And this piece addresses that this piece in many ways gives a sense of internal peace. It's a very reassuring, hopeful piece of music. You know, Smythe was, was near the end of her compositional career and she reached back uh, to this, work of philosophy that would be falling completely into obscurity if it weren't for her uh, republishing it in 1930 and then setting the symphony to the text of, of Brewster. I, we would not be talking about The Prison by Henry Bennett Brewster if it weren't for Smythe. And she believed it mattered. She believed that this, these words, this philosophy, this sentiment mattered. And so she created what I consider her career culminating masterpiece. So it's, it's a piece that encompasses her entire career that really speaks in a, in a very personal way. And because it's so personal, it's universal. And because she's so vulnerable and, and shares so much of herself, we all feel it. And that's why I think it speaks to us in particular right now, because uh, a lot of us have been wrestling with real things. And this piece goes there. This piece does not shy away, like Smythe herself, this piece does not shy away from difficult things. And it, it does give us a sense of real peace by the end. That was conductor James Blatchley talking about his new recording of The Prison by Ethel Smythe. We'll be featuring that recording this Saturday evening at 8 o'clock on our new releases program, This Just In. You can hear it at 90.3 WHRO-FM or at whro.org. <laughs>